right, I got it. You ready? What's up, Krubies? Welcome back to another episode. We are going to be talking briefly about Knock at the Cabin. It is M. Night Shyamalan month, Jess. We've, we've been banging out these M. Night Shyamalan movies, and it makes sense that we cover his new movie. Of course. I think that isn't that why we decided to do it this month? It's because he had a new movie coming out? I think that might have been part of the reason. Yeah. You saw it in the theaters. I did. Opening weekend. I didn't. I streamed it. So, hey, you can get on my Amazon account if you want to watch it again because I bought it. I just might. It was $20 to rent it or $25 to buy it. So it's a no-brainer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Might as well. Plus, you're a huge fan. I'm not. And this movie (laughs) is... And I think we talked about this with the James Wan stuff because we did all those James Wan movies in a row, but this movie is painfully M. Night Shyamalan. It is, yeah. (laughs) I mean, defined painfully for me because I'm a fan. You are. You are, which there's nothing wrong with that, but 10-minute opening credits. Yes. With, like, weird font and shit. Like, I'm watching it, and I'm, like, eating popcorn. Not good popcorn like you probably had. And I'm like... This is painfully M. Night Shyamalan. We've got 50-minute <laughs> credits with, like, text and some fucking weird music. Well, and after watching The Happening um, the other day, so hilarious, because I was like, oh, yeah, he just really loves his weather. And I was like, oh, I better not. I almost, like, spoiled it and, like, was saying to you, yeah, like, just wait till you see Knock at the Cabin, because you're mm. going to see some weather shit. I'm glad you did it, because I'll be honest... And like we talked about this with, uh, I forget which episode it was, but the um, the twist. It's always about the twist, right? So this whole movie, I am like waiting for the twist. And I, Abby and I are talking while we're watching. I'm like, I have all these theories about what's going to happen. I'm anxious to hear what your theories were and if, if they came true. But I was like, this is going to have a big twist and everybody's going to be disappointed with how it ends up. And then it kind of didn't. No, it didn't. That's why I said it's not it's not super twisty. It's mm-hmm. just very um kind of straightforward. <laughs> and do you think that it ruined it for you with the previews cuz pretty much everything that happens is in the previews? A little bit, yeah. There wasn't really anything, you know, like you said, like to kind of look forward to, I guess. <laughs> it all just kind of played out exactly the same as they showed. Right. And I was thinking because I've been doing these deep dives on Scream 6, which if you want to talk about that, we can. Just let me know. We can switch gears. But <laughs> I've been doing all these deep dives, and I've fa- I, I can't, shouldn't say I. The internet has found where they've like Photoshopped stuff in all the, th- in the, um, the trailers. So like certain scenes, you'll watch one trailer, and it'll be one character in like Ghostface, and then you'll watch a different trailer, and it's like a character and a character, and the one character standing where Ghostface was at in the previous trailer. So they're like changing out all of this stuff. And there's a scene in the trailer for Knock at the Cabin where one, what are the, it's Eric and what's the other guy's name? I forget. Uh, Daddy um, Eric and Daddy, I forget. It doesn't matter. Um, One of them is standing there and you see that plane fly behind their head. And I was like, I wonder if they like Andrew, Andrew, I wonder if they did some uh, changing out of stuff in their trailers to where that maybe that plane never really went behind him like it shows in the trailer. That's possible. Yeah. And then sure as shit, there it is right in the fucking movie. And I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, man. 
but i thought those the effects were really good though um i really liked the planes coming down like that's not that's a shitty thing to say but it looked really cool (laughs) yeah post 9-11 very not cool thing to say this movie had a lot of like 9-11 vibes didn't it it did yeah which I guess in 2023 we're we're pretty f- not not really when you think about it, but we were, that that happened at least for a lot. There's a lot of people that weren't even alive when that incident happened, right? So we're we're that far from it. But it's like I remember, um, which we talked about this in the happening, right? But I remember like the the news reports and all of that stuff being on, and the planes crashing and all of that stuff in this movie was very reminiscent of that. So I wonder if he, because I feel like he does that in a lot of his movies where he doesn't necessarily say, hey, this is, you know, this looks like what that, what had happened here. But like he has a lot of those influences in his movies and I think he does it tastefully. Yeah, I think so too. And I don't know, like I know this was based off of the, a book, so I don't know if it, was in the book or if he kind of added on to it or or not but which that was one thing i saw in the the 80 minute preview you like how the previews keep getting longer every time i talk about it the 80 minute uh <laughs> the opening was that it was based on a book which which surprised me because usually he writes all of his own stuff i think yeah but yeah that was weird um i think i don't know i think devil might have been based on a book also mm. um but yeah was he? Did he direct that, or was he just an executive producer on that? He was just a producer. Okay, interesting. Well, let's start with some of the stuff we did like, because I did like a lot of stuff in this movie. I know I'm kind of crapping on it right here out of the gate, but I'll get to the reason why it irked me at the end of it. But it opens, and I'm sure you can appreciate this. It it felt like a cabin that we would go stay at for our cabin trip. So I was like, this is fucking creepy, dude. <laughs> For sure. And it was really pretty. Like, I just yeah. felt like all the colors were like really bright when she was like out in the out in the woods and like playing with the caterpillars and stuff. Like, I just thought those were really good shots. I agree. I think all of the cinematography, even when they're inside of the cabin itself and it's dark and like there's really only they, they clearly lit it like it would look because they uh, have like the sheared um, curtains and the windows and stuff. And that's really the only lighting inside of the cabin for the most mm-hmm. part. But the opening scenes were great. I think they're shot really well. They're very pretty. And I think, for me at least, Dave Batista is so good in this movie. Right? I think so, too. He definitely he stole the show. I liked his character a lot. 100%. It's such a far removal from um, his, you know, Drax from uh, Guardians and some of the other stuff that he's done. But I, I have to admit, he has that, like, John Cena effect where he just looks weird playing a normal character. <laughs> He de- well, he's huge. Like he just <laughs> such a big dude. And then, but he's very like timid in this role, and like um, I don't know, just like straight edge. And it was just like weird to not see him trying to be funny, right? And he's just very serious, you know. He yeah, and I think the glasses, like the overall look, helped because he did have like on a kind of a baggy shirt, and you could tell he was supposed to be a teacher. Um, mm-hmm. but f- hilarious dude. So he walks up and he's talking to that little girl and, um, Abby's like, why does his head look like his brain is on the outside? Cause he's got all those fucking, <laughs> he's got, <all> those... <laughs> uh... 
tattoos and shit. Well, it's like indents and shit. Yeah. Like it's all wrinkly up top. And I'm like, I, yeah. that's a great question. I don't know. Like I, I always thought it was like a makeup effect in Guardians, but I think that's what his fucking head looks like. I think it, it does. Yeah. Like, I had always said when I start losing my hair, I'm just going to let it go and I'll shave my head. But dude, I think my head might look like that. And I don't want that. Old denty head. Oh my God. Why does it look like his brain is on the outside of his head? He looks like fucking uh, Kang, or is it, yeah, Kang from Ninja Turtles. Was that the little brain guy? Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude. That's funny, dude. It does look like that. It's kind of, it's an ugly head, Dave Batista. I'm sorry. But, and like, yeah, he's, he steals the show. Ron Weasley was kind of weak for me. I thought he was going to be more of a character in this. Yeah, I mean, a little spoiler alert, but he's not in it for very long. Like, That's he true. He doesn't last too long. That's true. I do like the, I guess there is kind of a twist with that character, right? Like what you find yeah. out about him, which I, I said the whole time, I'm like, this is not happening. Like I was with, I think it was Eric was the guy that was like, this is like a cult. This is some sort of group think this is people that met on an internet chat, kind of like what they did in the Batman with um, the Riddlers group where they were all in this like chat thing together. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's what it is. And then when you find out about, I keep calling him Ron Weasley. I forget his name in the show, but uh, it's Redman. When you find out Redman's backstory of who he actually is, I was like, I'm telling you, dude, this shit is all pre-programmed and they're sending a feed into the cabin and they're fucking with these people. I I don't know if I thought it was that far into it. I just thought for sure that these people were full of shit and that it was not going to be anything. Yeah. I was like, that's going to be the twist that they're just crazy. Dude, I, and you saw at the beginning in the eight, the 90 minute, uh, <laughs> the 90 minute <laughs> 90 intro, minutes. there were like pictures of demons and like all kinds of other stuff in there. And I was like, that's going to be like one of their drawings or like it's all going to come back full circle. And I also thought because Batista was doing so good in this movie, that I was like, he he's the mastermind behind this whole thing, and he is the one that has put this whole thing together, and that's what's going to happen. I thought for sure that was going to... I was almost sold on it that that was going to be the twist, and I think this is why I had such uh, mixed feelings at the end of the movie is because I wanted that to be what it was, and then when I found out, no, this is exactly what the previews showed you it was going to be, I was kind of disappointed. Yeah. Well, and the fact that they show up with, like, these, like, fucking, like, medieval (laughs) weapons, like, that's, like, a part that really, like, confused me. I'm like, what exactly the fuck is happening right now? Like, why do they have to have those? Dude, I mean. Like, why not some regular ass things? They were pretty fucking elaborate, dude. Like, Batista had, like, an axe with, like, a spike on the end, and uh, the one gal had, like, a sledgehammer, but the head of it was off, and it was chained to it. Yeah. It's like this. Oh, wild. And that one girl, the one that at the end tells him that she's got a kid, a son named Charlie, etc. Mm-hmm. I didn't trust her at all through the whole movie. I was like, she just looks either. sus. She did. She looks snaky for sure. Snaky. She was snaky. Dude, I think she was. Because even the <laughs> Eric guy was like, I don't believe for a second she has a kid. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that was me, dude. She just didn't like, well, I don't know, even like her interaction with the little girl, she didn't seem like she was like used to being around kids. Like, I agree. They, so. I felt like they all, and I think, again, 
right, wrong, or indifferent, that the movie went the direction it went. I would have preferred that that these would have been um, some sort of like cult or some sort of group think or like some mental health aspect was brought into it that are causing these people to do this because I think and I think it it wouldn't have been out of the realm of possibility for M. Knight to do this type of thing because he usually does have some sort of social commentary in his movies, right? And that's a huge talking point right now in the news is group thinking. You, know, you have all the riots, the January whatever thing. Like that, I could see this movie having some of those elements in it and that being how this played out. For sure. Which I was a little disappointed it wasn't. I mean, what was your take on it? Were you glad it was the the four horsemen of the apocalypse thing, or would you have rather saw it go the other way? No, I was glad because I was like to go through all of this, um, and then they all kill each other. You know, and I, spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I really need to fucking say that or not. But that's all right. I'll put in the notes that it's they're spoilers, so we're okay. Yeah. Um, no, I was glad that it played out like that because I felt like it would have been a lot of all for nothing type of situation had it not actually turned out to be the end of yeah. the world. So. Hmm. I went the other way with it. I did appreciate that they took the time to explain because at the end when the two dads are talking and he's like basically explaining that these are the four horsemen of the apocalypse and that they were supposed to see how it all played out before they made their decision. So basically they we're never going to right out of the gate just be like, yeah, okay, we're going to sacrifice one of us to save the world. Like they had to see it all play out. Right. And yeah, I, I like it. I think it's clever, but I, I don't know. I was just really hoping that Eric was going to be right the whole time. And, and like, cause even when they would like, cause they would say, if you don't make a decision, something bad's going to happen. And they would kind of tell them what it was. And then they wouldn't make a decision. And they would turn on the TV and then it would be some sort of news program about what they had just told them. But Eric, every single time was like, this was pre-programmed. It was already recorded and the virus they had already known about, right? Like they had known this virus was already a thing. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it was until the plane started falling out of the sky that they were like, oh shit, maybe this is, well, the Eric, the other Andrew, he was, I feel like he had bought into it right out of the gate. Didn't you? Yeah. Sort of like I I think it took a little convincing for him, but then it was like basically the rest of the movie. I think he was like on board with yeah, this shit's happening. Yeah, but I was like, of course you don't want it to play out that like one of them's gonna have to die though. Yeah, and I don't know why, but I was thinking if it was gonna happen that it wasn't gonna be him, that it was gonna be um Eric. Right. Or, yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we're getting the names right. If not, it's the one that was the lawyer. He he was the one that wasn't buying any of this, which and he okay. had even said so they made like two really good references in this. The one is that the, the Andrew, I believe, is the one that pretty much bought in, not immediately, but pretty soon in, at least quicker than uh Eric did, right? Yeah. And he had gotten hit in the head pretty hard and had a concussion. So it would make sense to me that he wasn't thinking clearly. And Eric keeps alluding to that. Mm -hmm. The other thing is Eric makes a comment about how he is a a civil, civil something lawyer. And he has been following and researching all of these suits against these groups that are doing very similar things. And I was like, okay, that all makes sense and leads me. That's was another reason I was headed in the direction I had thought it was going was that, this was some sort of cult that was doing this, not 
the end of the world or the the apocalypse, right? And then you add in the fact that Redman, the first character that dies, he had attacked uh, Eric in a bar years before and went to prison for all this. And I'm like, this that this is what it is. Like they are coming back, and he has convinced all these people to seek revenge on this family. Mm-hmm. And then it wasn't. <laughs> and then it wasn't. And his name was different, right? He had lied about his name. Batista was calling him Redman, and then his name was like Bar, start with a B or something. I don't remember. Yeah, I can't remember either. Because Eric keeps telling Batista, look at his wallet, look at his driver's license. I'm telling you that his name is this, and he's the guy that attacked me in a bar however many years ago. And sure as shit, that's, that's who it was. Mm-hmm. Which is, that's pretty crazy. I, I like the scenes of them going back and like kind of showing that whole altercation between them and like basically he it led him to have to go to therapy and whatnot afterwards and then you know he got a gun and started like self-defense classes and stuff so that like changed the course of his life exactly and it all leads led back to that that's why i was like that has to be where this thing is headed but i do like that aspect of it as well because he was the one that thought he was how do I word this? He was the one that had all of these preconceived notions about the way people look at him and his husband and them having a, a daughter that was where I, do you remember where they adopted her from? Um, I can't remember, but I knew that they had to like conceal that they were yeah a, a same sex couple. Yeah. Like they basically were saying, Oh, like my, my sister or something is supposed to be here, but she couldn't come or something. And this I is her remember. brother. Yeah. So, and he had, and his parents weren't accepting of him being gay and uh, having moved in with um, Andrew. But Andrew, on the opposite side of it, is very positive. I don't think he sees people in that same light. And he is the one that buys into this sooner than Eric does. And Eric just has all of these thoughts that, okay, the world is out to get us. And that's why these these people have targeted us, essentially. And that's why this is happening. Which, again, I was on board with him. I was like, that's probably exactly what's happening. Yeah. But, but then Andrew kind of at the end talks him into understanding that, hey, this is not actually what's going on. This thing is really happening. We do have it backwards. Eric, Andrew is the lawyer. Ah, fuck. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. But yeah. So Eric talks him into it saying, yeah, this is basically what's happening. Hmm. It really is a sad ending. It and- is for sure. I think it says a lot that they're able to have that in one setting, basically one place at that cabin. And again, there's a series of characters in it, but I don't feel like it dragged at all. I don't feel like it was boring. And I also feel like some of those chase scenes helped. Mm -hmm. And I got really pissed off when they locked Batista in the fucking bathroom. And (laughs) that was annoying. Like, why don't they just shoot this guy? Well, and the, them thinking that he like escaped out the window or whatever, like no, not a chance, dude. That's what Abby said. She's like, "There's no way his big ass climbed out that window." <laughs> it was just yeah, the whole thing was annoying. And then of course they're like coming in all slow, and and suddenly the the shower curtains closed, so you don't think anything about that either. Like clearly he was behind that shower curtain. Yeah. Then I, I felt terrible for him at the end, though, dude. Like when at the end, because Batista's the last one left, and he like sits in that rocking chair after he's been shot. And then you find out he's like a gym teacher or something, or a wrestling coach or something. 
Yeah. It was like, man, this is really fucking sad. Again, a testament to Batista's acting. He did fantastic. He did for sure. I I wasn't expect, or I guess I just I wasn't sure what to expect. I didn't know if he was gonna be like another like kind of comical character, like comedy relief throughout it. But he wasn't. He was very serious the whole time. Very serious. Like, kind of held the whole group together too. He. I don't think he had any comedic lines, did he? I don't think so. No. Interesting. It's just so weird to see his big ass in a normal fucking (laughs) outfit. I know it was. It was, but yeah, I mean, I, I liked all these characters, though. I mean, they were con- the girl that played, I think her name was Adrian, or I think her name was Adrian, the one who said she had a kid. Yeah. She was good at being snaky the whole time. I, like, didn't trust her. Yeah. She, honestly, I didn't trust her at all either. She reminds me of the actress that plays Kevin Bacon's sister-in-law in The Stir of Echoes with, like, the big-ass eyes. Oh yeah, yeah. And I don't I ever, I don't ever trust her in a movie either. So that's why I was kind of <laughs> like, mm, I don't know about this, Adrian. The lady that was the nurse, though, I did believe her, and I'm like, why is she? Why would she do this though? Like, because she seemed like a normal, yeah. like person, and I don't know. Dude, I was the same, but then I'm thinking like, okay, but I was convinced that these people in the village were a, an 18th century family of. Pilgrims that lived out in the middle of nowhere, and then M. Night Shyamalan freaking shit my Cheerios and made them out there today because they're idiots. But or maybe I'm the idiot because I thought that. But so I'm like, it would not be out of the realm of possibility that he would do that to me again. Very true. I haven't forgiven him for it, honestly. I know you need to get you need to just let it go. We, I need to Elsa <laughs> this bitch and let it go, dude. I have to let it go. Got to. I don't think I can. Did you laugh though at that scene? So they. He makes it out to the truck to get the gun, and the lady runs off, and then he's back in the house, and it was very Get Out-esque, where like he, he all you hear are footsteps, and he looks over, and she's like running full bore at him. I thought yes. it was hilarious. It was. that. That's such a good comparison. Like That was just like a scene out of Get Out. Yeah, dude. Was that lady in Get Out? I don't know. Isn't she the grandma that's stuck in the... Remember, because she's the maid, I think. And isn't she crying? She's always crying. Maybe. She does look like her. And I'm going to have to look it up. God, I, I hope it's her. If not, we're going to be in a world of trouble. I don't think it is. Oh, no. <laughs> um, It looks like she's an old, too, though, which I don't remember her being in that. Hmm. Which we're going to be watching soon. We will after the um, Sixth Sense. Yeah, she was not in Get Out. Wow. Well, but, go figure. We're going to get canceled. So it's all good. overall, you in, you liked the movie? Was it disappointing? What? I, I wasn't disappointed with it. I actually, I enjoyed it. Um, but of course, I saw, before I went into it, I already saw plenty of reviews saying, oh, this is shit. You know, yeah. this is stupid. Um, there's no, I just saw a lot of, there's absolutely no twist. Um, which people were mad about, but it's like, it, so so they're mad about that, or they would have been really pissed off that it was a stupid twist, right? So it's just like you know, people are going to be mad about it regardless. But um, I liked it. I liked that it was you know the hor- the four horsemen of the apocalypse, and um, I just I thought the effects were really freaking good. Yeah, I agree. The whole I think it looked but, good. The effects were good. The storyline was good, and the acting was great. Mm-hmm. So, 
I, I was just disappointed because I guess I bought in like everybody else and I just wanted a twist. I was like, give me yeah. the twist, M. Night. I think it's like you said, it's, it's, I think the only thing that's a little disappointing is it's like they put everything in the, in the previews. Yeah. Which, okay. I mean, I get it. You got to get people out to theaters. I I don't know how good it did. I didn't look, but, um, I don't know. I'm still kind of torn. I think I want to like it. I, I just named off. I just spent 25 minutes saying things I liked about it. It was only the only thing I did. I guess that I didn't like was the fact that I guessed wrong. I didn't guess right. I mean, it it got sixty seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm. It's not the worst, dude. I but... saw somebody was like talking about Cocaine Bears, the greatest movie ever, because it had a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. And then when you go look at Rotten Tomatoes, only six people had uh, rated it. Actual critics had rated it, which is why it had a hundred percent. And they were all like. They were just above that stupid Rotten Tomatoes threshold to where it gave it 100. So they, none of them were even like 100%. They were like 80s or something. But it was like it shows 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm going to see Cocaine Bear this weekend. <laughs> I've heard good things about it, honestly. So, I, I mean, I, the preview looks great. Mm. Like It seems like a really good cast. But I see I've seen nothing but bad reviews. People saying this is the dumbest movie ever. And oh, really? It's like, well, of course it's supposed to be like... <laughs> funny i mean but it's based on a true story so like why the fuck wouldn't that be like interesting to to see i think it's like loosely based on a true story from what i've read it's like like loosely based on a true story but the the only critic criticisms i have seen on it was that some of the cgi was bad but like you have a fucking 10 foot tall 400 pound bear like right it's gonna be bad in some cases it's gonna be bad but it's hard to say. I will probably wait for that to come out um, on streaming. The next movie I will see in theaters is probably Scream 6 next Wednesday. Oh, man. I know. I'm excited. I know I'm you're excited. getting stoked. Dude, I can't wait. I can't fucking wait. But all right, that's it for Knock at the Cabin. Um, I don't, I'm sure we'll eventually maybe someday do a full episode on it. But um, is there anything else you want to say or any thoughts about Knock at the Cabin? I think it's worth seeing it. Um just, you know, don't expect some wild twist like a lot of his movies. 100% agree. Um, I think, just my personal opinion, you could stream it. You don't have to go to the theater and see it. I don't think it's there's anything groundbreaking or earth-shattering you would need to see in theaters. Because for me, a lot of this was the character development uh, and the acting that was that was really good. So for me, seeing it at home, streaming it, I don't think I would have liked it or not liked it any more or less had I been at the theater. So, yeah, that's it. Buy it on Amazon. It's like 25 bucks. Or you can send me $15. I'll give you my Amazon login and you can watch it for $15. That's a deal. That's what we should start doing, dude. <laughs> Never thought about that. There you go. Fuck. All right. New in that business case, venture. Oh, what? What? I said new business venture. Yeah, but you got to be a patron. Go be a patron and yep. then... I'll send you the link to my Amazon. I'll have to start like a secondary Amazon Prime account because I don't want all these assholes out buying fucking shit on my Prime account. You're trying to get that free shipping. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. All right. Well, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, in that case, we're out of here. Bye. Bye. Bye, (laughs) y'all. What? Get that free shipping. (laughs) You having it, dog.